you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. David, football, football, David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. Available, as always, on iTunes, Stitcher, and NFL.com slash Sheck. All right, a little unorthodox, as you may or may not have picked up on. Yesterday, we played for you in the audio form the Dave Damashek Football Program TV, which is now available for you to go through in its entirety or segment by segment on NFL Now. We appreciate you subscribing to NFL Now and certainly to for checking out the Dave Damashek Football Program, the long-form show. I think it's 25 or 30 minutes this week, and it's uh, it's a positively gay time. Elliot Harrison joins us, and he'll join us in just a minute here. Um, as well, we have uh, we do one of our favorite things. We look at the matchups on the uh, on the slate for the upcoming week by looking back at the original broadcasts of some of those games between those two teams. Just quick little clips, but we are expanding that. We're going to be doing it more and more, Ellie and I, in the uh, days and weeks ahead here. In fact. We're going to do one for week 14. We're going to look at some of the greatest games ever played between the Chicago Bears and Dallas Cowboys in front of that Thursday night football game in week 14. So be on the lookout for that one. Um, In the meantime, we have to break down all the week 12 games here for you. We got the red challenge flag coming up here. We have a ringer stepping in instead of Handsome Hank, who is uh, overseas now um, doing some family stuff. We have uh, Mark Iztook from NFL Now coming in here in just a second. Right now, let's say hello to our usual uh, pals joining us on the Thursday slash Friday second podcast of the DDFP each week. First of all, the aforementioned, you read his work and watch his work on NFL Now, NFL.com, NFL Network. It's Elliot Harrison. What's the poop, fella? Hey, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to that uh, 
Bears-Cowboys and that full show that we're going to do for NFL Now. It'll be really cool. If you love NFL history, you definitely want to check that out. Like, Sheck and I love it. And, uh, you know, when you and I were talking about it in the newsroom, if, I know this is a game that we're not going to focus on, but last year when Chicago and Dallas played on Monday Night Football and Josh McCown absolutely deep-sixed him, I really feel like that's where people start saying, okay, yeah, he's played pretty good, but this is getting ridiculous. Like, somebody, he should start for somebody. I, I really feel like it was that game that led to him ultimately signing in Tampa Bay. Well, yeah, I mean, so we, what we do is Elliot and I get the old because we have the luxury of having access to those all the broadcasts from, or not maybe every single one, but uh, a, a large majority of all the NFL games played in the last 40 years or so, the original broadcast. And you've seen the NFL Films version a million times, and that is wonderful stuff with the grand instrumentals and the the slow-mo and the, the, the facenda or, uh, you know, whoever doing the voiceover on the them. music. That's, that's all great stuff. But you've seen all that. What's cool to see is the original broadcast, too, and see the graphics from that era and all that stuff. For the Bears one, we'll figure out those ones. I want to see some sweetness against Doomsday back in the 70s. We'll see the 85 Bears and their breakout game down there in Texas Stadium in 85. I remember that one. Dominant. Fantastic. But we this week we looked at uh, a little bit of uh, a Packers-Vikings game from the past. Uh, what else did we do there? Let's see. We did Just Packers, to make sure everybody goes Vikings, back. We did Dallas Giants from 2007 divisional round. Best Romo team ever. Yes, at best Romo team this year, until this year. Absolutely. Well, and the, only the second Cowboys team to go 13-3, and the 92 team. being. We did a third game. I know. I can't think of what it was. It that's good. It's kind of like an unintentional Oh, it was tease. the best of all. It was the NFC title game. It was the, of 1983. Ah, good point. Niners at, at and RFK. Skins. Yeah, that was a good one. Nothing like watching a game at RFK, man. Uh, muddy and the when the when the uh, fall gave way to, to winter and the field got real muddy out there. That was awesome stuff. Uh, Riggins and the Hogs. We look at some of that stuff. Um, <clears throat> all right. Also, our favorite uh, – uh, stats guy from the NFL media gang there. He is uh, the breakout star of the DDFP this season, and he delivers stats always with a bad statitude. I'm going to fill in for Handsome Hank. It's Drew Statton. What's the poop, fella? I mean, I just hope that with Istook coming up, I can maintain my, my hold on the breakout star title. I hope he doesn't take that away from me. Time will tell. We'll see. Nothing is guaranteed. I like RG3 said, that's all we're promised. Don't Roy Tarpley it. Yeah. Yeah, this week is all we're promised. Hey, oh, by the way, before we get into the picks and Istook will come up here, um, real quick about RG3, there's been so much uh, noise about his behavior and how he threw his teammates under the bus in that press conference and tisk tisk, and that's fine to bemoan his behavior. But what's worse, that Doing that, going up and saying, hey, for me to play well, everybody has to play well. I need everybody. This team needs everybody if we're going to win games. That's maybe not the greatest thing in the world to get up there and say. And, you know, we're two years removed from Cam Newton wearing a towel. You're a leader of men. What's worse, that or when Peyton Manning berates his guys on the field. They're on the field. He yells at them. He humiliates them. He doesn't take responsibility after the fact. When it's all polished up, well, I gotta play better. If we're gonna, yeah, he gets up on the at the podium, but that is a controlled environment, and he's cagey enough to know oh, the cameras are rolling here, and my ties on, and the media is recording all this. That's a polished performance on the field when it's raw like that. What's worse, getting shouted down by the 
one of the two or three best uh, players or most famous or most well-known players in the NFL getting berated and being having it made clear to anyone who's looking right now, hey, that's not on number 18. 18's making it clear I did something wrong. Well, Elliot Harris. I, personally, I think what RG3 did was worse, but it was made worse because Jay Gruden decided to make it a teaching point by bringing it up later. You know, had he just said it and Jay Gruden left it alone, I don't think that many people would have made a big deal about it. But Jay Gruden decided to come out and say he just needs to do this and that. He could have let it go. Uh, That said, you know, Troy Aikman, now people kneel down at the altar of Troy Aikman, and I think he was a great player too. However, I can tell you for a fact, because I lived there at the time, that there was a lot of talk about Troy Aikman in the late 90s yelling at his teammates. Uh, In fact, one of the assistant coaches uh, accused him of possibly being racist because he was yelling at the black players more. It was the dumbest thing ever. And Charles Haley. <laughs> I vaguely, now that you yeah, say that. And Charles Haley, that yeah, and Haley that's right. comes out and goes, dude, look yeah. around that huddle. It's mostly black guys. <laughs> you know, right. that's who he's going to be yelling at. And I want my quarterback. If they're not doing their assignments, he should yell at him. Golden I, Richards retired some time ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's not out there And anymore. Dan Marino used to do the same thing. I mean, yeah. Dan Marino probably was worse than Peyton in my mind. And, I know. Uh, well, but so the point is, and I don't, I'm not trying to, take something that that is kind of an amusing irony in my book but you know you could even go so far as to make it about race why is it all right for Peyton Manning to do it is RG3 not allowed to say anything and Cam Newton not allowed to say anything what's the reason what's the difference between their behavior and Peyton Manning's oh Peyton has more pelts on the wall all right well is that that excuses everything no you're allowed to humiliate your teammates because You've been around for a long time no, and have of course done some not. good stuff? Let me, no, of course not. Let me tell you what the problem is with RG3. And I, I said this on NFL now, just play football. I mean, he should just play football. But if you look at RG3, I'm pretty sure he's leading the NFL right now in completion percentage. He, if, if, if he's not, he's way, way up there around 70%. But it's all dinks and dunks. It's all bubble screens and behind the line. And I even heard Rich Gannon on Sirius talking about the same thing. I mean – that's because they, they haven't been able to run the ball, but also his mechanics are cruddy. He, he's not an accurate thrower, so they can't throw the ball down the field. Ah, so but that, I hear you, but that's a different conversation. We're not talking yeah. about we're not talking about his crummy performance. I know. I Peyton just wish wasn't that, good. Peyton wasn't it. good in St. Louis himself. He threw his typical okay, wobblers, and he was okay, off okay, the here's mark what I'm quite saying. a bit. I think that Peyton can yell at his teammates because Peyton goes out there and puts it on the practice field. He puts it on the practice field. Like, he'll go out there and work really, okay. really hard. I'm not convinced that RG3 does that. So when you're talking about the pelts on the wall, I agree with you. Just because you've won a lot, I don't, I don't think that automatically excuses all behavior. However, if you're the hardest worker on the team and you're there and you're practicing hard, I think that does give you I guess so. It's the Kobe launch. Bryant thing. We always talk about that. I think, and it goes back to something I've been talking about quite a bit in the last year or so, ever since the incognito stuff. In the 21st century, the idea – that that in-your-face and testosterone rules the day always just doesn't apply anymore. I mean, it doesn't mean that you stink or that you're a coward or anything else. Dwight Howard doesn't like being yelled at. He doesn't like being challenged like that. Everybody doesn't thrive under Bob Knight. I love Bob Knight, but it doesn't mean everybody that that works for everybody. Agreed. LeBron James isn't in anybody's face. His teams tend to be pretty good anyway. That's just I think that's an outmoded – approach and I've talked about it even with Pete Carroll and you know and Bruce Arians those guys aren't in your face anymore I mean the, the you know even Bill Parcells is and Bill uh, Belichick isn't really that there's that persona around them but that Parcells night in your face mentality I don't think works 
a lot of the time anymore. It didn't work for Shiano in Tampa. I just think in defense of Peyton Manning, you've never heard a receiver complain about him throwing a ball too hard, and he's doing him a favor. He's throwing these wobbly, soft ducks. <laughs> That's kind of true. So he should yell at him. When, when you don't catch that pass, what, was it too hard? Should I take something I, off it next You know time? what? It's funny. I think you say, uh, you say that uh, half kidding, but I do kind of think it's funny that um, – if Ben Roethlisberger is so great, then why is Emmanuel Sanders taking off with Manning when he was just a pedestrian guy with Roethlisberger? There may be something to that. Maybe Roethlisberger is too hard for him. I don't think that's maybe ridiculous. But the other point that I'll make in Roethlisberger's defense is, let's see Peyton Manning do what Roethlisberger did with a guy like Santonio Holmes, or for that matter, Antonio Brown. Guys that freelance well are going to jibe with Roethlisberger, and guys who are pinpoint in their route running are going to work with Peyton Manning. It doesn't mean that uh, – that it, so, so anyway, that's my counter to that because I do get a bunch of tweets from people about, well, Roethlisberger's so great. What, what's, what's with Sanders this year? Elliot Harrison, uh, we're about to get into the picks here. His took's on his way up here real quick because you and I talk about uniforms. We saw the Chiefs and Raiders get it on in Oakland in those divine uniforms. Real quick, favorite uniform matchup. Favorite uniform matchup of That's all. That's my favorite. By yeah, me. of all. Chiefs yeah. in the red pants at the Raiders can't be beaten by book. All time was always Dallas at Washington. Dallas in the navy blue, Redskins in the white with the maroon and gold. Now that they've changed to the yellow pants, I don't know if I like the colors as much. I guess I'm still kind of old school classic NFL films. Give me Pittsburgh black, Dallas white. I don't I don't know that you can beat it. I love those Super Bowl matchups. Very strong. Drew Statton, you want to throw one in here? Well, no, as a Raider guy, I got to go with this one. Raiders Chiefs, it's great. That's the number one? That's it. I like when the Raiders Which go side? to play the Jets. When they play, when the Jets wear the green jerseys and the Raiders wear the whites, that's uh, top nine. So Chiefs nine. at the Raiders where the Chiefs have to wear their whites and red pants? Because yeah, I like both ways. No, I'm, I'm partial to the Raiders in the black. So I'll go Raiders, Black, Chiefs, and the Whites. And also, the, you got to figure out a way to get the Niners in there. I'm trying to think of who their best is. The Cowboys might oh, be Oh, I loved. I loved. Cowboys the, and the Reds with the, against the Cowboys, Whites. Is uh, the, oh, the Niners, Reds, Cowboys, I mean, Whites. Yeah. yeah. I did love those classic NFC West showdowns, though, between the 49ers and Rams when the Rams would wear their Whites and the 49ers would wear their Reds, or even vice versa. I thought that was great. That's a rivalry, the NFL misses, I think, is that 80s Rams 49ers. I know, I know I the, guess I, what? It's on its way back. I know that we don't want to go down this road, but is there a worse move than when the Niners went to the Maroon? It was, it was hideous. They, yeah. yeah, there have been worse moves, yeah. But yeah. that, but that uh, it was not a good one. All right, here he comes just in time. No more time to kibitz aimlessly. It's time for us to pick the best of the Week 12 games with the Red Challenge Flag segment. <laughs> Challenge E.H. and uh, Drew Statton, I don't know if you've noticed, but Handsome Hank is, in fact, still not here. So we've called in a ringer. We've brought him all the way from the Lone Star State. It's a special Red Challenge flag segment this week, Drew Statton, because it's an all-Lone Star. What do they call the Oklahoma-Texas thing, the Red River Challenge? This is the Red Flag River Challenge. I like it. It's a Red River like rivalry. Stretch. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't show me up. You don't come in here like this. This is your debut on the DDFP. And in fact, in your first time ever inside Studio 66, maximum strength. And that's what you do. You decide to lead with sass. 
I don't like it. Is I didn't. I, I was the sasser. He was the one That's sassing right. you. Well, here he Red is. Rebel rivalry. He is the face of uh, of NFL now, which of course you should uh, already have been subscribed to, and you would be if you're following along with uh, Dave Damashek football program TV and all of Elliot Harrison's stuff there. And these uh, and it's the co-host of uh, the Power Rankings show. So all right, how are we, Mark? Is took. We're well. You know, for people who haven't checked out NFL now, they can find it on their desktop, laptop. Mobile device, Apple TV, don't Roku. Be Roku. Yeah. Don't be an and empty Any technology show. yet to be invented. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, Iztook, also people who may not be familiar with Iztook, perhaps caught up to with uh, with who he is just a week ago with Football Baby's picks. He, uh, oh. he, he broke the news from the NFL newsroom that Football Baby was going to overcome the Bieber curse imposed on him the week prior yeah he did reemerge. it took a lot of guts for that little kid to get out there and make his picks again and and uh, the football gods rewarded him it's, with a three and one mark it's a surprisingly big heart for such a small chest yeah, yeah. right i mean mm-hmm. that's and i i should uh, mention programming note uh, some special treats for you as the holidays are rolling around oh yeah that's all well, i'm gonna say about that more fuzzy in the studio but uh, <laughs> he will not be taking the holiday week next week off that's all I'll say about that. He will be making Super. picks. All right. Is took. I'd love to kibitz with you as much as uh, we got to do an expose, you know? Well, not an expose. It could just be a profile. I don't know why. I just like saying expose more. But we got to get to know the man that is Mark Is took all the way from uh, the Lone Star State. Yeah, I, I like the idea of the expose because it sounds like you're going to unearth some skeletons in the closet. Yeah. You seem you seem like uh, one of the – you seem like a good guy. I don't feel – I feel like I could dig – and dig, and it would hurt very keep, little. Keep digging. Really? Oh, I don't oh. know. I, I, we, we all. A lot of sass out of Elliot today. I know. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. Oh, because uh, you know why. It's because he's, he's got the facial hair. Well, that's not what it he is. He doesn't have Hank here to bully him. So that's right. That's right. <laughs> His arch nemesis, <laughs> handsome Hank, ain't here. So he yeah. feels like now it's time to let my hair down. I thought I'm hazing was illegal in Los Angeles. I hope, I hope that uh, that Englishman's listening wherever he is right now because I'm, I'm, I'm bringing – Elliot Harrison, maximum strength. <laughs> I'd love to follow that up with an English accent, but I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, Iztook, we wanted you in here to help us make the picks. Sure. And, of course, you and me have sat down, and we used to do uh, the spoiler alert on NFL Now. Which I miss, back to by the that. way. we got to get back to that. Yeah. That's a good the, bit. Because I, I, don't, I think fans, the, the ones that tweet me, the real – the main thing they tweet about is hashtag where are the spoiler alerts? When are you bringing them back? We miss them. Can we get them this week? Ha- and that's all in one hashtag. One, no spaces either, which is hmm, hard interesting. To even type that. Um, I, yeah, we should. Be, I, I still do the written piece. Of course, you can see not just who's going to win these NFL games, but the exact score. And I throw you a couple of fantasy nuggets as well. So be on the lookout for that. That posts. At the end of the week or on Saturday, you can uh, figure out what's going on there in front of uh, the games here. But right now, that's it's not about Damashek. It's about the guests, Elliot Harrison mm-hmm. and Mark Iztook, about to go head-to-head in the Red Challenge Flag segment. Fellas, a fun gaggle of games, some ones that are w- would appear to be fairly easy to call. We skip right over those and go for the tough ones here. <laughs> Iztook, the rules are simple. Okay. I will give you the game. You will tell me who you think's going to win. Elliot will have a chance to throw his red challenge flag and contest that decision. Okay. And vice versa. We'll start off with this one. Elliot Harrison, the Detroit Lions, seven and three, are at the New England Patriots. How say you? 
I say that the Detroit Lions are going to falter on the road. Oh, I thought you were going to lead with that one. Drop right. two in a row. Is took no. before you throw before you go. Okay. I am a fan of you know the heart of any drama is conflict. <laughs> sure. You know. I, so I know you that. so it's better if you throw the red challenge flag. Here. Look, I would happily throw the red challenge flag. Yeah. If there was a part of me that felt like this was a worthy challenge. I'm not afraid to to mix it up. Uh huh. Um, ask Elliot about the great brawl of September seventeenth, two thousand fourteen. Why do you think he's growing the facial hair to cover up the scar? <laughs> um, what was but, this you, in but reference no, you look to? you look at this Patriots team and how they played. I at said home. Trace Atkins is number one, <laughs> but you had to say Brooks and Dunn, and we fought over it. Knives so, came like out. That. Something a, like that, yeah. Is that what Texas people argue about? That and barbecue sauce. Was that when you told me I didn't have any kids? Oh, yeah. You never let me let that <laughs> Just wondering if that's the What time. does that mean? <laughs> I asked him one time on a segment if he had any kids. Yeah. Elliot, you don't have any kids, right? Okay, well then, X, Y, Z. And so what? That was offensive to you, yeah. Elliot? It probably <laughs> it was quite one of those, go like that. It probably was one of those open mouth insert foot moments. There's a lot of them. I don't I understand. Like. You're not allowed to ask people if they have children? It was it was less of a question, more of like a statement that probably had some barbs to it unintentionally. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It did. It was fun. All right. Well, listen, now we're off the rails. Okay. You say that the Patriots are going to hold uh, serve and take care of business against yeah. the visiting Lions. Yep. I guess I agree with that, but I, di- I mean, you know, hard to disagree with given the way the Patriots are playing, but – you know, I apply my rule here. Teams that are closely matched, and I think you could make a fair case that the you know the Lions ain't jive. I think that um, you know the more desperate team here is probably the Lions. Although then the Patriots need it to stay in front of the uh, the Broncos, so there's really not much excuse for them to let down there. I guess I'm, I, I agree with you guys. It, it is the Patriots. Drew Statton, lay some uh, some numbers on it. Yeah, I mean, I. As a as a former Lions employee, I would love to back my squad and say that say that they're going to pull this one out. But you know the the research just kind of says that the Patriots are going to take this one. Stafford's never won a road start against a team that finished the season with a winning record, which is know, that true? That's spectacular. That's statistic. ghastly. He's uh, he's zero and fifteen, and that includes last week against the Cardinals, since they're now nine and one, and will finish with a winning record. So whoa, 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 whoa. Do you think that includes his career at Highland Park High School? In Pro- probably Texas? not. And think of the I all. Find a way to work Texas let's talk this. about but, Texas. I mean, <laughs> hey, you know who went to that high school? Bobby Bree, Bobby oh. Lane, Doke Walker, two Lions Hall of Famers, and then now Matt Stafford. It's a very weird. Trilogy there. Have I ever mentioned? Have I ever mentioned to you guys from Texas what uh, what Dan Marino, Joe Montana, Joe Namath, and Johnny Unitas and Jim Kelly all have in common? I just listed five of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Not from Texas. No, and in fact, that's a correct answer is took, but uh, Elliot got a little bit closer. They're all from the banks of the Three Rivers. I was also going to say they're five guys who've never been in my kitchen. Oh well, that's also yeah. That's yeah. that's also fair. I yeah. have a question for Drew Staten. None of them are redheads. Well, I I love it when I'm on the spot. <laughs> no, so no, no, because I think this one's pretty pretty cut and dry. Leaders. But aren't the Lions either 31st or 32nd in rushing? Um, hold on. Elliot. They're they're brutal 
this year, and they're not giving Stafford much help. I am. I, I mean, I'm positive. Tied, tied for thirtieth. I'm. Tied for 30th. I, I am positively aghast at that number. That's crazy, Matt yeah. Stafford. It's not like he just walked into the league. He's never beaten a team on the road that has a winning record. Well, they finished the season with a winning record. Yeah. So. Hmm. Wow. And of, and of course, the Patriots three and zero this year against teams that currently lead their division. And those games haven't even been close. They've scored 40 in each, and they've won each game by at least 22 points. All right, well, then you've convinced me. The right. Colts and the Bengals, right? And the, yep, and the Broncos. That's right. Jeez. Well, and that doesn't bode well for for Lions fans who have their fingers crossed that uh, their team can steal the NFC North. You know, the, the, yep. they finish things off in Lambeau um, last weekend of the season. All right, Arizona Cardinals. Talk about a big divisional game here. The Arizona Cardinals – paying a visit to the Seattle Seahawks. And let me just say up front here, fellas, a lot, I've received a lot of, as usual, if you say anything that feels like you're disparaging Seattle, you will hear from the 12s about it. I've gotten a lot of tweets about it. I appreciate it, too. I, I enjoy uh, kibitzing with uh, fans, even if they disagree with me. Um, although some of the words you use, you know, come on. Let's let's uh, ladies present. Yeah, that's right. You know, like and they Mark, should back Mark off. Mark Istook might see that <laughs> that kind of stuff. He and Roger Staubach, that they don't like hearing talk like that. They should lush. back off of you though, because if I recall, you predicted the Cardinals winning at Seattle at the end of last year, which did. they did. So that's they exactly back right. Off. Yeah, just like I picked the uh, Rams to beat the Broncos last week. Everybody remember that mm-hmm. one? That was a peach of a pick. But listen, <laughs> so, sorry. Let me take a sip of water here. This is great. That's water. I don't care. Joke joke on your own. I don't care. I do it for the people of Seattle because it rains there, and water is what uh, is what makes up rain. I don't know. Listen, here's my point. The Seahawks. I said Marshawn Lynch. I think things were going in the wrong direction between him and the franchise. And I said I wouldn't be surprised if Marshawn Lynch and Nate Burleson, who knows the Seahawks organization, and Marshawn Lynch agreed with me. He said, yeah, it's a, it, this guy wants to play beyond this calendar year, and the Seahawks are making it clear we're going to wring every ounce of what he's got out of him, and I wouldn't be surprised if he balks at that at some point. All right, so he hasn't quit on them. The effort is there. But you can see off the field that there's turmoil. So I am right. So you can stop emailing me and <laughs> tweeting me and saying, oh, I thought you said he was going to quit. Well, I mean, you know, he's quitting in his own way here. He's causing trouble and still giving a, a, a you know, the old beast mode effort. Making phone calls from the team bus to reporters after the game. Yeah. You know what? I'm with Marshawn Lynch on this one. I really am. I'm totally on his side. I mean, think about it. If you're him. They run him into the ground sometimes. I mean, he's the reason they're in these games. You can talk about Russell Wilson all day long. Let's see Russell Wilson go back there and chuck it 50 times. We'll see what kind of player he is. I'm not saying – and I love Russell Wilson, but Marshawn Lynch is the best offensive player they have. Of course. And that's the point, though, and that's the eternal struggle or not – I suppose not eternal, but in the era of free agency – and in light of Marcus Lattimore and now Todd Gurley, I mean, listen, it's a legitimate issue that what the team wants, it doesn't make you a bad guy to say, well, listen, my football mortality doesn't end when our season ends here. That's I right. intend to keep going. They've made it clear they're not bringing Lynch back, more or less at least. He's not coming back. Everything points to Kristen Michael taking over a year from now. Good so Marshawn Lynch might say, I listen, I, I'm – I don't want 30 carries a game. I mean, that's you're you're pounding me into the ground. Yeah, if you, if you think you've got your backs in waiting, let's see what they can do. Yeah, yeah. G- good luck with that. Remember the Lamont Jordan 
Let's just bring up names like that. There are very few backup tailbacks that have ended up being studs. The one guy I can think of is Michael Turner, yep. backed up LaDainian Tomlinson, had a really nice career with Atlanta. But how often do you see those guys falter? I remember when the Cowboys were so high. Oh. You remember on Sherman Williams? I mean, oh, Sherman it's a, Williams. It's, not just was the, it's a long list of guys. Oh, my right? gosh. Lincoln Kennedy. <laughs> Dude, on, I'm, I'm humiliated that I can't uh, – uh, Swerve and Curvin Richards. Swerve and Curvin Richards. Out of pit. I went and saw you know what uh, happened Swerve to him? and Curvin uh, you know what play happened collegiately. To, you know what happened to Swerve and Curvin? He was good. He was. He had a lot of ability. He's there in 92. They clinch they – clinch that it. long ago. Man, yeah. I'm old. They clinch the NFC East. They're in the second half against the Bears. They're up 27 nothing, right? And they, they're locked up. They're 13-3, and three, so they pull Emmett out of the game. They put Curvin Richards in. He fumbles. And Chris Zordich – uh, returns it for a touchdown. <laughs> Next drive, Kervin Richards fumbles again. This is in the this is late in the I fourth remember. quarter. Yep. So Jimmy Johnson's ticked. Then he goes to the locker room, and he he's calmed down, and he's going to congratulate the guys on a good thirteen and three year, you know. And then Jerry Jones comes in the locker room with Prince Bandar. Oh my gosh, you know. And Jimmy's like, I can't even talk to my team. What without- do you think Jerry said? And he went into <laughs> he just the started interview, inter, uh, just basically started introducing people to Prince Bandar. Okay. <laughs> well, what did that sound like? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, we'd like you to meet uh, my good friend, the Prince, who's <laughs> yeah, all the way from Saudi Arabia. Like, uh, hey, uh, uh, Jay, come over here. You got an extra cowboy hat up there in your uh, uh, locker. I'd like to introduce you to Prince. He had a good album in '84. Uh, I love. Uh, I will die for you. That was my favorite. Uh, that was a good little tune. Uh, not as not as popular as Purple Rain, but one of my favorites. Uh, Wait, it was uh, Pr- Prince Prince? No, it's Prince Bandar. So Jerry Saudi Jones Arabia. got confused, <laughs> confused and confused. thought that the replacement <laughs> yeah. for Swerve and Curve and Richards so was he gets Prince, mad. The, for, the artist <laughs> formerly known. So yeah, Jimmy you. is seething, so he literally cuts Curve and Richards. Just cuts him right there on the spot. And so then some of the people in the front office said, Jimmy, if you cut him right now, we have to pay him for the playoffs. And he's like, I don't care. Cut him. Boom. Just like that. It sent a message, that's for sure. Hmm. That's what happened to Curvin Richards. And never played again. Well, I must have gotten a look from somebody. I don't know if he went to anybody. Um, All right. So let's get to the Cardinals and uh, and the Seahawks there. Sorry for uh, for taking us off the rails there. How say you, Mark is token. You only state who the winner is going to be in your brain. Cardinals. E.H.? Uh, I'm going to have to pull out my red. <laughs> oh, let's hear this one. Satiny flag on yeah. the That's what this. we like. That's what we like. You know, does Dean Blandino weigh in on this? Is he? He should. In Manhattan? Soon. Maybe next tape week. of this. If Handsome Hank doesn't uh, get back from London by next okay. week, it's uh, it's him. <laughs> well, you, E.H. He- here's the thing for me. Number one, they're at home. Number two, they know their season is on the line. Correct. Number three, Arizona is playing Drew Stanton. Mm-hmm. But I'd like I know I'd like to ask Drew Stanton here in a second. I know the Cardinals run defense has been outstanding, but they also didn't play Marshawn Lynch last week. They played Joyke Bell, who the Lions haven't been able to run the ball. And they have not faced any quarterback like Russell Wilson this year that would take off and run. Colin Kaepernick has not been doing that as well this season. And not to mention when they beat Colin Kaepernick, that was in Arizona, not in Seattle. Well, a cardinal rule, ironically, shall be applied here against the Arizona Cardinals. Clearly, the more desperate team is the Seattle Seahawks. Sure. Their season is doomed if they don't win it. So that the home field advantage is still a great one, even though it's uh, they're more fallible at home than they have been the last couple of years. And uh, Larry Fitzgerald, it sounds like, uh, with the wonky Mm -hmm. knee. 
may not be out there, uh, or if he is, he'll. They're be. averaging three point like one yards per carry right now, running the football. The Cardinals. I'll tell. And, well, and here's the other thing. But what you know, that being said, I hear you on that one. But the reason I said the Seahawks will miss the playoffs, in I will take the Seahawks this week, but I I still think they ultimately are going to be on the outside looking in is um, because of who they're playing. And I said, I told you last week the Chiefs were going to beat them because how the Seahawks win games is by running the ball, or that's how they were winning games. Mm-hmm. That's what now they can, what you can do to them is gash them. Now, especially what, it was true before Meebane went out. Now that Meebane's not there, you saw Jamal Charles ruin them. I mean, he was running in space before he got to the line of scrimmage. It was what happened to the guys. It was though yeah. they didn't literally replace Brandon Meebane. Now our 10 guys are out there. Just go with those guys. I agree, but wasn't like. that the first game that he had been shut down? I mean, sometimes you see teams struggle uh, for the Seahawks uh, against Kansas City. You know, I, oh, I, no, I'm I'm saying that you can run against the Seahawks. Right, defense. right. Yeah. But that they were adju- they're, they're still adjusting to life without oh. Meebane. Sometimes that takes a, a couple of games to do that. I mean, I, I get your point, but – one of the other things that I think is a little underreported here is Marshawn Lynch didn't get his normal number of touches early in the year. I think there was a game in San Diego. Mm-hmm. He got like six touches. It was a slow a very first slow start. Half. Hey, that means you got fresh legs, man, because that weather is getting colder. This is when teams start running the football a little bit but more. But this was the same guy who couldn't leave the field during halftime last week, and I think there may have been some legitimacy to that. Maybe. He's an eccentric dude. I mean, there's no two ways about it. I, I just – I like Seattle in this game. Yeah. It is funny to consider Marshawn Lynch the linchpin of a team, <laughs> given his – what what he presents, at least to the world. His frame of mind is wonky at best. And, but he's and, a bona fide great player. Yeah, to but me. The, I, th- I think the question is, so is, is this the Seahawks team that DeMarco Murray faced? Uh, I, I'm sorry, is this the is this the Cardinals team that DeMarco Murray had a relatively successful game against, given who was quarterback yep, for Dallas? Yep. Or is this the stout run defense uh, Cardinals team that can keep – I mean, I don't know if you spy on Russell Wilson and, and worry about that aspect of the running game, but can they keep Marshall Lynch I don't think they have the personnel to spy Russell Wilson. Yards. I mean, they're, they're doing this. What the Cardinals are doing is really special, given all the guys that oh, they've lost. Oh, absolutely. But I don't know that they had the personnel to spy Russell Wilson. Again, th- if this game was in Arizona, which they'll play mm-hmm. in Arizona, it'd be different. But this isn't Seattle. That is the only thing. I And I keep saying it. Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson running around. His ability, Russell Wilson's, to either you know run the pseudo option or to, to take off when nothing's there in, in a passing situation is the only thing that is scary about the Seahawks. I mean, that, that, that offense is pop gun as it gets. Mm-hmm. It, it's really it's 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 really bad. How I much mean, Doug Baldwin is I just keep saying it. He's not I, I mean, I guess he's a number two receiver legitimately, but uh, he's the best you got but among what, pass catchers. What did we learn about this offense up against the Chiefs inside the red zone, an inability to score, and obviously in a game that close, it makes the difference. That's where I feel like the the way that they have played and scored in the past, I feel like they struggle against Arizona's defense, even playing in Seattle. Drew Statton, you got <laughs> something you want to lay on us here? Yeah, well, you threw out the Meebane thing, I think, last week, too, and just to uh, Throw some stats behind that. Go that ahead. Feeling of yours. I don't need I don't need well, numbers to, to to support me. I <laughs> my gut tells me what I need to well, know. Yeah, and this time, and you're right. So thank you. Three, they average uh, teams average three yards per rush when Meebane's on the field, and when he's been off, it's four and a half. So huge difference. It is huge. He's he is this era's Casey Hampton. That's what, that's what he is. I was just talking to be a name dropper. I was just talking to um, Kervin Richards. 
Now it was. <laughs> so it, it wasn't Swerve and Derek Classic. I oh. believe it was. Who was I? Jess Kibitzin with the other day. Uh, it was uh, Blair Thomas. Monday Night Football. I was sitting in the green room with a bunch of uh, hoity-toity football faces. Who who was there for Monday Night Football? Was it Drew? Nate Nate Burleson? Balding. Nate Burleson and Brian Baldinger. That's exactly right. We had a grand time watching the Steelers game, and I learned a great deal. Always listen, love listening to Baldy break down the X's and O's of it, and. Um, yeah, you know, you t- the we were talking about Casey Hampton, the assumption that you could make for a, for a decade for a, a generation, and you guys from Texas will remember that, of course, he was a UT grad, was uh, Casey Hampton. That uh, you dropped him in there. Nobody ran on the Steelers for a, a generation. Nobody could run, could ever run the ball on them. The value yep. of that guy in a three-four, when you can plop mm. him in there, and it's like, well, take that away, beat us with the passer. Ain't you ain't beating us. Second most such a underrated player of the two thousands. It's so me. true, man. Priest yeah, Holmes, Priest Holmes Priest being number one. That's yeah. a great point, man. All right, uh, real quick, let's blow through a couple of these so Iztook can uh, can roll here. The Monday night game is intriguing in my mm. book, and it all has to do with <laughs> the uniform that makes everybody say, "Well, the Saints obviously are going to win." I mean, they have to they have to win this one, and yes, they talk about a desperate team because I think the Falcons are going to beat the Browns, and it's remarkable the overlap of the Venn diagram of significance for the AFC North and the NFC South. South yes. The NFC South is going to define who wins the AFC North, and vice versa. Yes. And the only reason I make point. it yeah. the, the head to head, I mean, the, and by the way, the Falcons, as much as anything, the Saints go from this game to Pittsburgh the week after, and the Falcons are basically doing the same sort of trick. They host the Browns, and then they have the they host the Steelers in I think three weeks from now. And you know, I think the Falcons are not a you know an impregnable uh, squad or anything, but I think they're going to be better and better as the year goes along. I'm spooked by that game. By, by the way, when you look at their offense, what are they missing? Three starting linemen? Yeah, they, they're having a tough time. But I, I'm with Dave. I know we're <clears> not. You weren't going to talk this game specifically, but I looked at Joe Hayden and Buster Screen are not having good years for the Browns. And uh, you know, talk about it in the Georgia Dome against Roddy White and Julio Jones. I like Matt Ryan at home. Yeah. And by sure. the way, Justin Gilbert has been a complete bust. That's been an underreported story because the other first round draft pick of the Browns, whose name is um, where's number two. Sonny uh, Scrinzel. Bill Taylor. So whatever Sonny his Scrinzel? Something like that. Yeah. Oh, no, it's uh, uh, Johnny Ferguson. Pigskin. <laughs> um, he, um, by the way, here's a bold prediction from Damashek. Brian Hoyer doesn't play well with Josh Gordon on the field in uh, in his first go-round. Week 13, Johnny Football makes wow. his debut. Hear did, me now, believe you, me later. Fourth quarter, when they cut away to Manziel with his helmet on, uh, on the sidelines the other day, it, it felt like uh-huh. it was amazing. I, I listen. I, I I'll, I'll even. You know, I might even be jumped by reality if the Falcons are up a couple of touchdowns at the half and Hoyer's thrown a pick in the first. I don't be surprised if they come out in the second half with number two. I think Brian's going to play well. All right, we'll see. Yeah. I'm just I'm just laying that prediction on you, and I think the Falcons are going to beat the Browns. But all right, back to the game we're talking about or not talking about the Baltimore Ravens at the Saints. Elliot Harrison, how say you? Oh, man, this is a tough one. It this really is. is. This is a uh, tough one. It's hard, but I'm, I'm going with the Saints at home. Are you? I am. Love it. Going to call the red challenge flag yeah! on this one. Yeah! Look, this, this is – I'll agree that this is one of the harder games to pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, especially when you try to figure out who the Saints team is, you think that 
they are so good at home as they have been in years. But I don't know. This feels like a three-game home losing streak uh, to me. You know, I, I have not been impressed. I keep waiting for them to impress me based on reputation alone. It hasn't happened. Nothing. Other than Mark Ingram. Yeah. And even that, you know, he, he has his moments, mm-hmm. but – he hasn't well, the X factor was supposed to be Brandon Cook, and, he's and, hurt? He, w- and he was spotty. And now he's done for the year, so now they go back to the 2013 model, which is Jimmy Graham. You better yeah. be and all world from here on out, or our chances are doomed. And the physical Ravens team, uh, it just feels like that the storyline on Tuesday morning is going to be. I can't believe the Saints. This lost is as tough as it gets to me. Week 12, this is the hardest game to pick. Um, Drew Statton, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, just a couple of things to back up the Ravens is, as Ellie and I said last week, they have the most disruptive player on defense in the NFL. That still holds true that uh, Doomerville's made the most impactful. Uh, so what was plays. that? That was forced fumbles, fumble recoveries, yep. interceptions, QB knockdowns, QB sacks, sacks and, and tackles, for yep, loss tackles for loss as a percentage of the snaps that you actually play on the that's field. That's a great that's a great metric. Um, yep. So he's, he's still number one. Ravens are five and one after uh, after their bye week under Harbaugh. And Flacco's played really well against teams outside of his division. Uh, 11 touchdowns, three picks, only one loss. So, The yeah. wacky and rugged AFC North. All right, Iztook, a pleasure to see you. Thank you for coming in here. What? I want to kibitz with the rest of us. Well, can, can I just say, uh, for the record, I don't care what Elliot Harrison has said about you. Mm-hmm. I have found this to be a delightful experience. I appreciate that. Yeah. Be your own man. Form your yeah. own opinions. E-H-O-I. Look, that, look, Shaq, look, he's a nice kid, but he needs me, you know. <laughs> What's he know? What's he know? Really? I skipped a day of showering again. Oh, is that true? Hey, oh, good for you. Oh, yeah, Stinky Harrison. I, I forgot to a, continue the new you missed a go- sandwich. I got, the chair I got some here. tweets on that, by sure the way, that you missed a golden opportunity to call me smelly it. You know? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Why do I feel like it, that's come up in many therapy sessions, you, <laughs> has it? I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad smelly it. Uh, I'm glad it made an appearance. I'm glad smelly it decided to remind us that we are, or to let us know we should have been doing that. It's a mistake we won't make, uh, we won't make again, smelly it. All yeah. right, is took. It's uh, at Mark is took. Uh, is NFL, that, at Mark is took. Oh, NFL. I don't like that move. Well, I, I uh, denounced that move. I didn't have any say I, over that what move. What did I just Let's say just to you? I told you I want you to be your hey, own man. You don't need the letters request, behind you. Can I request something? Yes. A special edition of Football Baby, not for the masses, just for us. Mm-hmm. Mark Iztook and Mark Iztook NFL. Put Football Baby, let Football Baby decide. I think Football Baby's role needs to be expanded yeah. yes. to start deciding all matters. I almost decided Let's decide what, the Twitter name. I really yeah. did. I, I really did, and the only reason I didn't was because I couldn't find – the menu to the Chinese uh, takeout place. I think football babies' I, applications transcend mere football matters. I, hey, wait, wait, what you, am I eating tonight? Chinese wait food a second, or pizza? Wait a second. I think you just, you just you just <laughs> you just settle on something. You said you think football babies' applications such and such. How about the football baby app mm. to help you dis- help make you. important life decisions? Wait wow. a second. The hold the phone. Literally app. hold the cell phone. <laughs> I got to. We got to get out of here. I got uh, things to do, people. Goodbye, NFL. I got. Uh, I got uh, bigger fish to fry. Me and Iz took. You get two uh, percent for that idea. Make it so. Make it free, and then in-app upgrades for different things he can decide for oh. you. I mean, there's something here. 
And All we right. have to kibitz yeah. about it. Put yeah. the car through your taxes. You know what? How about claim this? it or don't claim Let it? Let me wrap up with these two dopes in here All right, right we'll now. Talk. And then Love you, you me, arrange uh, for a half hour from now a three-way call. You, me, Kamish Goodell. Let's hammer out the details here and yeah. uh, and we'll settle we'll all have this. We'll have this, uh, you know, in the App Store by 4 p.m. Good banana button down right there. Thanks, Solid. You, you know, you know what? The one thing I it. do have to say is, hey, uh, Drew Statton, you what's, have your cell that? phone on you? I do. Take a picture so we can tweet this out or include oh, it. That's what thing. I was about okay. to do, Good. actually. I don't understand that, that now, see, they, they do have not just their home state in common, but what gives – they both now – I've noticed Iztook starting to do this move, too. Hmm. The two buttons opened. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's just – it's Why two buttons? Look, isn't that isn't that it's, it's really that aggressive. sort of bravura keeps, is off putting to a humble soul out. like me? Well, especially when you're not showering. Well, did you see? <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe button all the way up. Did you see Hanzus and Wessling, and they had a little little mini Twitter conversation about this, and Wessling came back with, "Hey, he he lived through Texas in the '80s. He's allowed to." Oh, all that's, right. That's the, wow. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a good response. You're like 10 years old, but still. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. Hey, own yeah, it. The, now that gets creepy. Hey man, you I were lived, a ten-year-old. I lived old through walk- Gary Hogaboom, as did <laughs> you. Hey, so. well, hey. hey girlies, hey Betsy, look at me. We in fifth grade here, but I still am sexy, and I unbutton my shirt real low. You like it? That's Elliot Harrison in his formative years. That sounded like a, a southern <laughs> golem. I heard, a, I heard a little <laughs> southern golem right there. I feel like I heard a hint uh, of deliverance in there, too. <laughs> yeah, real pretty mouth. You got a real pretty mouth, Sally. Can you help me with my pre-algebra work? You know what? I'm not too smart, but I'm pretty. You know you know what, man? It took just – you could tell he's made for this. He just stumbled on my favorite segment, but Black Tie's not here. Has uh, Black Tie seen it? Deliverance. I'm, my guess would be no. Oh, there, the, but he surprises us. He does surprise, but that one that one runs way too deep for Black Tie, who yeah. has seen virtually no movies. I can, I, no can, I can fill into that, and the answer is no. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's zero. I, I mean, I would bet a great deal that there's no way he's done that. By the way, before I forget, we are having the pie off. Uh, uh, and Iztook, you're invited. Hey, thanks. But the price of admission is your own pie. I you have can a make great a pie, Cheerio cream cheese pie, that you make. Oh yeah, you make it yourself. Absolutely, extra points wow. if you if you do your own bacon. Now, yeah. Hanzoos, the reigning champion, has the ladies Hanzoos do his bidding. Handsome Hank, our yeah. inaugural champ, cop out. Well, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I mean, how, uh, I do by hook or by crook, how yeah. a delicious pie arrives to okay, Studio Sixty Six is enough. fine by me. <clears throat> if you next Monday, we're gonna do it. So uh, if you wish to. Offer up a pie. Drew Statton, are you yeah. going to be in a in Well, a, yeah, and ac- accusations were made that I was shopping around for a pie recipe. If you tweet me your pie recipes, I will not look at them or consider them for the pie off. So, Is that like So please SNL? don't, wink, wink. If you send, like, sketch ideas to SNL, they don't open them. That's the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Um, is took so pie off, please. Yeah. All right. I don't I'm know in. when we'll do it but uh, on Monday, but uh, it's, it's one of our annual favorites. It's a bizarre thing that even – a lot of listeners consider it one of their favorite uh, episodes of the year, I, which I would you absolutely do not understand. Would listening you... to other people <laughs> eat good pie. Right. No, no. It's... Everything about that is, mm. is angering them. Because oh. they are living piecariously. Oh, wow. <laughs> see, Smelly, why can't I mean, you do stuff like that? That was good. Uh, and on that note. There he goes. The great yeah. Mark you know is took. You stats me off guard sometimes. Oh, <laughs> man. I was going to say we made it through a whole show without one stats pun. <laughs> and then. <laughs> All right. So there goes Iztook to do his now stuff. Real quick, fellas, let's wrap it up here. 
The Bengals, because we're AFC North themed here. I think I, you know, I don't know how much to um, to put into this Ryan Mallett thing, but I do like Andre Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins a lot. And if Arian Foster comes back, and by the way, Alfred Blue looked pretty good um, for his part last week. Um, and you know, Clowney's now getting out there. JJ Watt positively dominant as usual. Cushing back out there as well. The Texans ain't jive, and they're at home, and the Bengals are going down there. What do you think of this one, E.H.? You know, I'm, I'm taking the Bengals on the road. Everything points to the Texans because I believe Cincinnati's lost five straight, I believe, in Houston or something ridiculous like that. And uh, I just have a gut feeling about the Bengals. But let me just qualify it with this, that if Houston wins this game, they have got a legit shot. They really the division do. title. They have a legit shot at the division, and they have a legit shot at making a run for the wild card. I'm not saying they're going to get it. To me, this is their key game of the season right here. Well, guess what? I'm throwing the red challenge Ooh. flag. That's right. I think the Texans are going to win that game. I think that um, the Bengals, again, were up against it last week. They had, uh, you know, they you know the, the week prior with the Andy Dalton thing. I mean, that's, that's something that you can – you know, anecdotally, again, Drew Statton, you can either support this or maybe debunk this. But in my brain, the, it, it's an interesting phenomenon that more than any other sport, I think probably because you have a full week to really let whatever happened, good, bad, or ugly, in the previous week to really sink in. And by the time the next game rolls around, you have convinced yourself that what you just saw is the reality. So... If you're coming off of that Thursday night game mm-hmm. against the Browns, you think, well, Andy Dalton's finished, and so too are the Bra- the Bengals. And, oh, you're picking the Bengals in New Orleans? That's insane. They have no chance. Didn't you just see them? When a team really has an apocalypse like that, more often than not, not 100% of the time, but if you're a halfway decent team, you get about as good an effort as you're going to get. So you saw the Bengals at their very best down there with their backs up against the wall. Now the Texans, as you say, EH, realistically – they can become players in the playoff chase here with a victory, but they have to have this victory. Well, let me give, let me extol the virtues of Drew Statton. So I, with that in mind, what you just said, I went over to his cubicle and I said, hey, man, so Andy Dalton had a two-passer rating Thursday night against Cleveland and 143.9 against the Saints. That, that's got to be some kind of record for the largest disparity. He'd already, he'd already researched it. Yeah, it, it was. Um, since, what, 1960? <laughs> since Which 1960. is far back as we can go. It doesn't mean a guy in 1960. I like the yeah, silent exactly. swagger of the way you said that. Yeah, well, yeah it, I did. I yeah, well, you know, I was just doing some work. And I can validate your stat that um, you actually have to throw out the Oakland Raiders because – of teams that get embarrassed, they come so. back and play well the next I, week. I mean, the caveat if you, if you should Raiders, be obvious when people throw them like out, to throw out that kind of, then, then well, it's but a, not the Raiders. Then, it's 100, then it's you 100%. You can't be garbage. You yeah. can't be junk and bounce. If you're, it's the same thing as when I say a team that needs the game tends to win it. Well, well then why don't the Jaguars where they need the wing? I'm not talking about garbage. I'm talking about <laughs> relatively evenly matched teams, something – in the ballpark of two teams that should play competitively against one another. I, you know, speaking of uh, the quarterback subject, too, uh, another gem from Drew Statton this week. You emailed me this one. I loved it. It's it's one of those weird anomaly kind of stats, but it's cool. So Brett Favre and Peyton Manning have beaten every team in the league because they obviously changed teams. And you and I just went over Brett Favre uh, beating the Packers in his return to Lambeau for DDFP-TV, which comes out today, right? On, uh, uh, no, well, listen. I it's I know it's a, a lot to to follow. I as I explained, it is the so yesterday everybody 
got to watch and hear and to the DDFP TV that you and I did. And now a day later, this we usually release this on Thursday afternoon. Instead, what people are listening to is it's either Friday afternoon or beyond. I know ah, it's even gotcha. confusing for us here, let alone Well, the either way, we, we you it. and I, in our in our hookup segment, where we go back and watch past games between teams that are playing this weekend, we looked at Favre beating Green Bay. He, he and Manning have beaten every team. But if Drew Brees beats the Ravens on Monday night, he will become the third quarterback to do that. Baltimore is the only team Brees has never beaten. He's 0-3. I, I love those kind really of cool. stats. Yeah, that is neat. I love guys who have hit a home run in every ballpark and all that kind of stuff. Um, all right, so uh, so that's that, except for one more game. Dolphins at Broncos. You know, it's an easy one to say, well, obviously Denver needs this and applying the standard, but obviously so too do the Dolphins. And just for the same reason that I took the Rams last week, practically the Broncos' O-line is banged up, and now mm-hmm. so are their pass catchers. And the Dolphins, you know, the Rams maybe have the best pass rush now. As it's uh, as No it's, way, not better than the Dolphins. Well, but I mean the Rams with those pieces, and now that everybody's getting back out there, they are proving to be mighty as everybody expected they would be. The Dolphins, yeah, Cam Wake just about unstoppable, and the rest of the fellas. Can they go in there and pull off this upset? I'm not seeing it, and, and I've been pounding the table all week. And, Drew, I saw, once again, you had some stats on this to support it, but I, I've been talking about it all year, and I talked about it all last year. Ryan Tanhill's inability to get the ball deep is – I'm amazed more people haven't noticed that Miami has no pop at all in their passing hmm. game. You didn't sign Mike Wallace to average 11.5 yards a catch, right? What do you want from Mike Wallace? You want, what, maybe 60 catches for 1,050 yards, right? You want 17 yards a pop. They're not getting anywhere near that. He could not – I know, Drew, you have the stats on this. I mean, he is absolutely an abomination yeah. throwing vertically. Yeah, he's the, uh, he's the worst in the league. He's completed only seven passes, thrown 20 yards downfield. The thing I'll say about uh, – yeah, and I agree. I, I, I hear you, but it's an old point that I've made. But, you know, as somebody who watched Mike Wallace uh, in his early years in the NFL with the Steelers – you know, now they're paying him, and that was the difficult call for Kevin Colbert and company in Pittsburgh. And the uh, hands. Right. Antonio Brown or Mike Wallace. Realistically, neither. But you're not going to pay both those guys number one receiver kind of loot. They went with Antonio Brown, and I was among those who said, I guess I see it, but it's a, it's troubling. Let's see what happens here. But even then, as I said, Antonio – I mean, uh, Mike Wallace – can take the top off the defense and all that and be an explosive guy. But the thing he is not, he has no go up and get it in him. I think he can run crossing routes. That's the knock on him is that he can't, he does that fine. The problem for him is, is that he can't get the, you know, they say attacks the ball at the, at the highest point and all that. He doesn't do that downfield. Whereas most great receivers who are going to be stretching the field for their team have that ability to do it. Mike Wallace is Super fast sprinter guy who's uh, a better version of Willie Galt, but he still isn't a guy who seems like when you watch him doesn't have that that um, I guess intrinsic sort of football sense. Yeah, he, he sort of lacks that. It's more predicated purely on his speed. Like you say, he drops some passes. It's amazing well. how the Steelers have developed receivers for other teams. To me, I mean, with Plaxico Burris, obviously uh, was key to the Giants winning it all, and you look at Emmanuel Sanders, I always thought Emmanuel Sanders was a disappointment in Pittsburgh. I mean, he, he just couldn't make the tough catches. I always think of the, the Ravens game on Thanksgiving last year yep. when he couldn't make those tough – I mean, catch the ball. You're making Roethlisberger do everything for you. And uh, if I you know, want to go all the way back to Ernie hands, Mills, yeah. 
Ernie Mills, when he left Pittsburgh, he was really reliable in Dallas for when they used him. Just amazing how many receivers are coming out of Pittsburgh and going somewhere else. But Wallace, they've, I mean, it's like signing Deshaun Jackson to catch two-yard bubble screens, yeah. which is going on in Washington. Um, all right. Well, listen, I feel this, is a fa- this has been a fascinating podcast today, as usual. I think our Thursday audio podcast is among the strongest work that certainly we do and perhaps at uh, all of sports, nay, entertainment ever. Is Drew's shirt apricot or man salmon? I'm going to go salmon. Man salmon? Yeah. Why is it man salmon? Because you're a felon. Oh, got it. Um, (laughs) But you do have (laughs) the – Thanks for clearing that up. You only have one button on button. He does. He's just just trying to divert. But with the khakis and the white undershirt, this is why I said he looks like the president of his fraternity. You know what, next week, (laughs) maybe we go – Three down. I'll go no T-shirt. I'm going to be eating pie. I don't need to see your chest hair, Drew Statton. How do we the feel about chocolate that? pie? Whatever. I would Listen. submit a chocolate pie. Here's what I say to all contestants involved in the pie-off. People, some people think that it's wrong that it is decided by a committee of one, namely me. And so then some people try to play to that, uh, to that committee by making the sorts of pies that I like. I don't understand. Of course that's what you should do. If I tell you I don't like apple pie, then don't bring me an apple pie. Bring me what I like. I like coconut. I like caramel. I like chocolate. These are among my passions. Okay. That's that Chocolate be... pie. No one makes that anymore. That's the problem. Chocolate that's the best chess pie. is terrific. A, cho- a chocolate, chocolate pie with pie. coconut I think, is fantastic. I think we get football baby in here, too, and we let him decide between Thanksgiving sides. That's a wrinkle I can... Ooh. Like stuffing or mashed potatoes. I mean, there are a lot of different things we should I'm going to go stuffing on that. Well, I mean, no one cares stuffing what you think. Stuffing or mashed potatoes, We want to know what football true. baby decides. I, I agree. Chef, well, stuffing or mashed potatoes. you know, I've made the call. I made the... the an- earlier this year, I made the annual call once again, and I'll throw it out here this time, too. Stuffing is delicious. There's no reason that it has been relegated to a once-in-a-year treat. I didn't say you have to eat it four times a day. Yeah, it would lose a little of its luster if it were constantly there like rice, but I should have it as an option standardly on my menu in a restaurant. Why aren't they? Everybody has rice, Brussels sprouts, fries, baked potatoes, mashed uh, grilled vegetables, sautéed vegetables. Why not stuffing? It's delicious. Now, that's the end of the show for today. I want everybody to enjoy week 12 and then come back on the other side of it because it's holiday week, Thanksgiving, we'll eat pie, we'll pick Thanksgiving games, we'll pick the weekend's games. It'll be, you know, it'll be a grand time. And uh, and uh, we look forward to kibitzing with you then. In the meantime, thanks to Mark Iztook, Elliot Harrison, Drew Statton, and the man behind the glass, Fouts Ty. We'll talk to you next week. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 